Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise. We have it. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Come on, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Father, thank you that you love your children, of which we are some of them. Father, thank you that you're more for us than we are for ourselves. Your plans are better than our plans. (laughs) Eternity is a heck of a lot better than the temporal. And yet you take us from glory to glory. And we praise you, Father, as we gather around your word for the next three days. Father, we pray that you'll speak what you need to speak so that in two years' time we can be where we need to be. I feel, I see the Lord right now reminding me. Remember Acts 3? A layman said, Would you give me money for today? Some of us in this room have a mentality, Father, give me money for today. I have a need today. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. But God wants to take us beyond that from money to today to resurrection life so that we can fulfill the purpose of God and see the kingdom of God extended. That's what this morning is about on Father's agenda. And so, Father, would you speak exactly what you want to speak? As I said, so we can be where you want us to be in two years' time. The Lord is showing me that to the level that you receive what I'm about to bring into your spirit and then act on it will actually determine where this church will be in two years' time. That's how significant it is. It's not on me, it's on you. But it's not on you, it's on us. I'm just telling you, This is more than a cliche. This is more than a nice idea. The Lord has been on my case for weeks about what needs to happen in the next two years here. All right? So why don't you head back towards your seats. Thank you, guys. Do we have to dismiss anyone? Does anyone have to do any announcements? If not, you guys ask the Holy Spirit what He wants you to do, and that's all good. Thank you, guys. You can all come and grab your seats. Hallelujah. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, team. Praise the name of Jesus. Good morning. Hey, welcome, Steve and Sally. It's good to have you here with us. This is how every guest ministry should work. Take over in the worship. Let God be God. That would apply to me if I was a guest minister. But I am family. Thank you, brother. Can you put some of that on here? <laughs> like Stephen last night. Praise God. Can, can I have some notes? Because if I don't, I mean, I'm not sure why I asked for them. Because Kylie, that was a bit rude. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> and, and there you go. So I can actually see them. This, this is looking up, guys. Good morning, church. Awesome. Seriously, if you don't know who I am, I'm not just some freak that's walked in off the street. <laughs> well, 
part of that's probably true, but um, I'm a Jesus freak. Anyone, anyone remember DC Talk? <laughs> a few people. Don't sing it now. Praise God. No. <laughs> Your pastor was about to sing for us. The, anoint, oh, the anointing was about to break out. Hey, uh, so, such a joy to be back. Third time this year. Let's go for let's go for four time once a quarter next year. We're in last weekend of February. We're back already. Let's all locked in. So come make different plans if you're going on holiday. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. Um, we originally booked a flight for 1.30 back to Melbourne, and they cancelled it. And so they put us on a 5 p.m. flight on a different airline. And then, la- and then last night, <laughs> late last night, Sally gets a text saying, uh, it's now leaving at 5 to 8. So we've gone from 1 to 5 to 8. So we just need to make sure we leave about 6.30 or so, and we're all good. Some of you new to this church going, God, (laughs) 10 nights and one afternoon. (laughs) Praise God. All right, I probably should preach. Father, help me. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Kellen. Early hours of this morning, the Lord was talking to me, and He's talking to me about faith and obedience. And <coughs> that went down the wrong way. <coughs> there are some things in God that must go together. That if you don't have one, you don't have the other. Grace and truth is one of them. Jesus, one, uh, no, John chapter 1, verse 14, came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Say it with me. Come on. Full of and full of. You can't have one without the other. People in the days that we live in that preach grace, 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 but they don't adhere to the truth, don't preach grace. They preach compromise. It's called license. It's disguised as grace, but it ain't grace. You cannot have grace if it's not full of truth. Conversely, some people preach truth, 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 but there is no grace. They are not preaching truth. They're preaching legalism. There are some things in God that cannot be separated, Adrian. Faith and obedience can't be separated. I believe God, I believe God, I believe God. God's told us to do things, we're not doing them. I believe God, but... I'm not ready yet, then you don't believe God. <laughs> this transitioned quite quickly, didn't it? The Lord needs to get our attention. Our attention today that God is looking for a people of faith and of obedience. Of faith, say it with me. Say it again. And obedience. I believe what God says. Praise God for what he said. Praise God for his word. I believe you, God. Great. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. We've got that covered in Hebrews eleven six. 6. 
But in John 15, verse 14, Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. So without faith, you can't please me, but you can't be my friend unless you do what I say. So God is calling us to be a people of obedience as well as a people of faith. Are we good? Are we good? You might say, I am on the big things. You know, I've chosen to follow Jesus. That's wonderful. You've chosen to accept Jesus. Have you chosen to follow Jesus? When he says forgive and you don't forgive, that's called following, see? Accepting's easy. Jesus is not a get out of hell free card. That's not what he is. He's not, I'm safe from there, so I'm all good. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't come to, his first words when he called disciples was not, believe me. It wasn't even, accept me. Come follow me. Call hasn't changed. Believers follow. If believers don't follow, then they're, maybe not believers, but deceivers. Maybe it's more, mm, well, be kind, Steve. Okay. Praise God. Praise God. Faith and obedience. Are you with me, church? Praise the name of the Lord. I, I heard the Lord say very, very clearly that God is about to redefine your normal. God is about to redefine your normal. I saw some raised eyebrows here, and the hair didn't even move because God is about to. To redefine your normal. What Jesus preached is normal. The message. What Jesus preached is normal. What he says about love, about relationships, about marriage, about life, about forgiving, about prayer. Come on, church. That's normal. God is about to redefine your normal. Some of us have lowered Jesus' message to something a bit more palatable and comfortable for my lifestyle. No, no, God's about to redefine your normal. What Jesus preached is normal. That's the message. How Jesus lived is normal. His relationships, how he treated someone caught in adultery, how he treated a tax collector, how he treated the little children, how he treated the lepers, come on, how he treated the religious Pharisees, how he treated the seekers. That's normal. And God is redefining our normal. And what Jesus did is normal. The miraculous, the supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles. God is about to redefine our normal. But we've got to have Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must what? Deny themselves. If God's going to redefine our normal, we need us really come to a place as a people, as an individual, as a church of deny ourselves. You probably heard me say this sort of stuff before many, many times, but how many people know there's a huge difference between hearing someone say something many times and us living something? Come on. There's some things, uh, Paul even wrote, uh, the, you know, I, I have to keep on bringing these same things to us because we need to get these things. Sometimes we move on. We want the next revelation, but we haven't been obedient to the last thing said. And God is calling us to be a people that obey what he's already said. And God is calling us to deny ourselves. You wake up in the morning, deny yourself. Come on. You want your marriage to be better? Deny yourself. Whoa. That could almost preach right there. Take up your cross, it's going to cost, and actually follow me. Follow me. 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, Romans 12, 1, to offer your bodies, your whole being as a living sacrifice to God. That's your, that's your true and proper worship. This is awesome, but what you do tomorrow morning when you get out of bed and say, good morning, Father. Thank you for the gift of this day. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the Holy Spirit lives in me. Thank you that you're sending me today on mission, filled with the Holy Ghost, that I am the salt and the light, that when I open my mouth, you will fill it. God, help me to be ready to give an answer for the hope. God, I don't want to live self-centered. I want to fight for my rights in my workplace. I actually want to, uh, Lord, I want to partner with you and what you're doing. I don't want to see people in their present problem, but I want to see them in their potential and their future, a plan and a purpose that you got for them, God. Help me to change my vision when I go into my Monday and my Tuesday and my Wednesday. And God is calling us to be those people. And now I want to get to what I believe is a significant thing for you guys for the next two years. We good? How many people love church? How many people love Stephen Sally? Yeah, correct answer. Okay, Ecclesiastes 3. If you said no, I'm not sure you'd actually be joining us in heaven. So, it's, okay, Ecclesiastes 3, 1. Spirit of naughtiness. Yep, found it. It's right here. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 says there is a time for everything. <laughs> time for everything. And there is a season. Everyone say time. For everything, and there is a season. Everyone say season. For every activity under the heavens. Timing and seasons need to be understood much, much better by believers. Many times we get derailed, not because we don't know the will of God, but we're confused and frustrated about the timing of God. The will of God outside of the timing of God ends up not being the will of God. Just think about Abraham. And Ishmael with Hagar. The plan of God to give him a son. We must not lag behind what God is doing. But we also must not rush ahead. The key is to say, God, what is it the time for? And what is it the season for? I'm speaking to you as a church corporately right now. And this is what I must talk about. And that is your new building. Your new building. And as I said, how you receive what I'm about to say in the remainder of this time will determine where you'll be as a church in two years' time. And the Lord just said to me right then, how you receive this morning will determine where you as a church will be in two years' time, which will determine where Mildura as a community is in 10 years' time. So right now, this morning, are you ready? Not, not here. Not here. Are you ready? I, I got to download and, and I'm going to flow through this. Uh, I see you being in your new building in the next two years. The next two years, you're in your new building. We're not building it. We're in our new building. Sometimes I preach. Sometimes I teach. Sometimes I explode, whatever I do. I'm prophetically mapping out the how, the why, the what of Father's intention for you. You might say, well, why don't you just talk to Pastor Stephen Kiley and talk? Because you've got a part. Unless we're all on board, this ain't going to happen. 
some of you might not know, but almost nine years ago on my first visit here, Sally wasn't with me at that time. Didn't know these guys, didn't know you as a church. And in the first time I prophesied, and back then it was way smaller than this. There was plenty of empty seats. I had no context, but the Lord gave me a prophetic word, and I saw an auditorium of a 1,000 people for you as a church. First visit almost nine years ago. Afterwards, this man was buzzing like he normally does, and he showed me on his iPad the drawings that had been just drawn up for the new building with a 1,000-seat auditorium. That was almost nine years ago. Well, the Lord is coming today and wants to bring us to the place where where he is in the spirit so that we can join him in the spirit so that what's happening in the spirit can be manifest in the natural. So that's what I'm doing as a prophet today. I'm not doing this because it's a nice idea. I'm doing it because I'm adding thus saith the Lord. Are Are you with me? I see you in your new building in the next two years. And I need every statement I'm about to read. You're going to record it. You need to go over it. But every statement is from God to me, not me thinking it through. This is the word of the Lord. The reason to build is not because you need more room and is not an act of necessity. You need to hear this. You might look around on some Sunday mornings and hear that there's no room. We go, it's, we need to. The Lord says, I need you to hear this. The reason to build is not because you need more room. And it is not an act of necessity. The truth is there are people with building this size and the amount of people this size that you could go on for another five years and do multiples and make things work. You do not need another building because of room, size, or people. The Lord said to me, the reason to build is because God instructed you to build, and it is an act of obedience. It is not an act of necessity. It is an act of obedience. This is why the faith and the obedience, this is a connection for why he was talking to me in the early hours of this morning. This is not semantics. This is essential. The reason we build is important. The reason to build is not a natural response to a present reality. The reason to build is a spiritual response to an eternal purpose. It is not a natural response to a present reality. It's got nothing to do with numbers. It's because God told you ahead of time, build it and I'll do something. You have not outgrown this building, but you've outgrown the pause to build. It's time to build. The Lord says it's more than a building. He's told me it's a new start. Some new things will start only when you're in your new building. Some new things will only start when you're in your new building. The Lord said to me it's a new season. Your new building will mark a a time of transition for you as a church. This is why, please, please don't let this get in the way right now. Or This is nice things to say. This is... You know, he's been put up to, no, 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 I haven't been put up to anything. I've been walking with the Lord, and the Lord is speaking to me very, 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 very clearly. What I'm saying this morning will determine where you'll be at his church in two years' time, which will determine where Mildura is in 10 years' time. And the Lord says this is going to mark a new start, and it's going to mark the transition of you as a church into a new season. But there are some major steps of faith for you to take 
but God will be glorified. God is glorified. Not when we just say, I believe you, I believe you, I believe you, I believe you, I believe you. God is glorified when we say, I believe you, I'll obey you. I believe you, I'll obey you. You call me to come on the water, I believe you, I'll come. Faith and obedience must marry. And they will conceive destiny and purpose. By the Spirit of the Most High God. Without faith, you can't please God. The ability, I've told you the reason. The reason's not, numbers is not about necessity. Are you with me, church? Are you receiving this? Are you, re- you getting this, Callum? The, the ability to build. People, hear me. Board, hear me. Business people, hear me. Every person, hear me right now. The ability to build is not based on what is naturally possible or what is in the budget. You're not moving because of numbers and necessity. You're not to build according to what's possible humanly and what is in the budget. Do not let budget strangle faith. And don't let budget strangle faith and then call it wisdom and stewardship. Don't subtly listen to the lie of the enemy through logic and then call it common sense. The ability to build is not based on what is naturally possible or what is in the budget. Let me tell you what it is. The ability to build is based on what is supernaturally possible, and it will be realized through steps of faith. You are on the cusp of something great, a move of God. You need to go with me. I'm about to break this open. These are all statements straight from the Lord. You're on the cusp of something great. (sighs) A move of God. The word cusp, God started to tell me, look at some of these words, because he is speaking to me so clearly. A cusp is a point of transition between two different states. You're on the point of transition between two different states. And unbeknown to me, Remember what I said before about a new season? Um, you, uh, build, your new building will mark a time of transition for you as a church. That was a separate statement. I had no idea. And when God took me here, the cusp is the point of transition between two different states. The Lord says you're on the cusp, the point of transition between something great, a move of God. The word move means change position. Come on, let's, let's take it out of the airy ferry, out of the... What is the move of God? It's a change of position. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. A move of God is not a feeling. I got the tingles. I got the shakes. Come on. A move of God is a change of position. You are on the cast. You're on the place of transition. Can I tell you right now, it will not happen while you're in here. It will happen when you get into there. Because some of you, Steve, it's just a building. I'm telling you why it's not just a building. The building is a building, but it's got nothing. God, come on. An ark was an ark. A boat was a boat. It saved humanity. 
Because it was a vessel that God chose to use, shifted from a natural building to an act of obedience based on a faith. And some of us need a gift of faith imparted today that we can believe that we can do this. Council might be saying, no, come on. There might be logical, uh, logistical reasons why there's delays, but by the Spirit of God, we must stop that and we must advance and we must build in accordance with to obedience and faith. You are on the cusp, the point of transition of a move of God that is a change position. Sally and I are about to move homes, which we've been in our family home for 22 years. We have no desire to move. We love it. Sally recently renovated it four years ago. We, it is our dream home. It is amazing. It's to die for. Um, and only a few months ago, Sally's driving home from church in Yuma in Melbourne there, and I'm in Indonesia on ministry, and uh, God spoke to you, you're going to move, and you're going to have an apartment in closer to the church and the airport, because we're at the airport, well, three trips this month alone, um, and we're 72 kilometers from home to the airport, and 43 from home to the church, and we're going in there, but because we're away every week, and we want to be in there during the week. But the Lord has told us very, very clearly, you're not moving to save some time because at the end of the day, we've been doing it and we can keep on doing it. We're moving because God said, you're going to move. Now, he spoke it to my wife who is in love with this home. And her instant response is, okay, Lord. She called me in Indonesia and said, this is what God said. I said, okay. We're going through some grieving right now. I'm being honest with you. But the house goes on the market this week. Where are we moving to? Don't know. Where and bought a house? We might be. Thank you. I was, I was waiting for an offer. <laughs> the only thing on that is Mildred is just slightly further away. But it's not about distance. Don't sabotage my preaching with your <laughs> evil plans. Callum was saying before that the church needs to get a Stephen Sally accommodation here that you rent out when we're not here and it's our accommodation at other times. So I think that was Callum's desire, not the Lord's. But, um, but I just need you to hear what I'm saying. We're not moving out of necessity. It would be easier. Come on. When, when, you, when you're packed, it will be easier to have more room. But it's not necessity. It's not a necessity for us to move house. But God told us to. So we've said yes. Is there grieving? Yes. Is there effort? Yes. Is there going to be a financial stretch? Absolutely. But it's not a natural re relocation of property because God has shown us that this shift is a shift from our family home. 22 years, we raised our kids and all that. 22 years, it's a shift from our family home to our kingdom home. That's what his word is. Our new home will be our kingdom home where we just go in and out and travel the world doing kingdom business. God wants us light and free. And so I'm, and I'm saying that to you as a church, that you're on the cusp of a move of God, a transition, a change position. Now you need to hear the word in that the Lord said, as a church, you've experienced moments in God. 
God says you're on the cusp of a move of God. You've experienced moments. You need to go with me here. A moment is a very brief period of time. You might say, but God's been doing stuff for a long time. Yeah, according to his eternal plan, it's a very brief point of time. You have not experienced the move of God that God wants to pour out through you. You, you have not yet. You may have experienced some moves in the past. I don't want to upset you, but I need you to hear Father's invitation forward. Will you, will you take this as a, even as a spiritual dad right now? Take this. Celebrate. Right now you're experiencing moments in God. God wants you to move from moments into a true move of God. And it's connected with this new building. Not because the building is something, but the obedience and faith that will be required to get you there. God goes, I've got you. It's time for something. Now it's time. For a move of God. And this includes a physical relocation and an upgrade. This is the words that God gave me. I'm not adding to it. An upgrade. An upgrade is to raise something to a higher standard. In particular, to improve equipment or machinery by adding or replacing components. And God is saying this move is a physical relocation in response to faith and obedience, but it will be an upgrade. Everyone say upgrade. Come on, everyone shout upgrade. Now I need you to hear, because as you're about to build, there's plans already in place. Some of you think, this is the next few minutes is really important. I need every person listening. Every person in this room has a different view of what the church, I'm talking the building should look like. Listen to me. There's some in the body of Christ that say, come on, it's all about the move of God and God himself and the people. We can be in the most rundown, shabby place, and it doesn't matter. Some of you are there, and it's a waste of money to build nice things. Some of you are there. I'm not saying right or wrong, but that's where some are. Some are over here. This is the house of God, and you, you quote the temple of Solomon, and, and, we, and we quote, come on, let's make it the most glorious thing because it's housing God, and we should give our best, and it should display Him so that people come in and are drawn into something amazing, and they encounter God there. Some of you are here. Some of you are here. Some of you are here. And some of you are all in between. Here is the word of the Lord to you today. Put personal opinion and preference aside. The word of the Lord is that this new building, this move of God is a physical relocation and it is an upgrade. It will be better than this. This is great. This is great. Come on. For the glory of the Lord. God is doing something. So if you think we don't need to spend the money on that, but through the leaders we go, we, we feel that we need to do this. This is what God's saying. I'm asking you to get on board, to give, to sow, so that we have something for the glory of God. And where the community comes in and they encounter God, let's not fight over personal preference when God says, I have a move of my spirit that I want to pour out that is conditional upon you obeying through faith, and you're actually going to see a significant influence in this region. It is more than a building. The Lord says, don't have a pauper mentality, have a kingly mentality. That's what he said. 
a pauper is we can't afford that. The kingly mentality is my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills of wealth in every mine. Come on. Come on, if we need more money, let's go down the fishing. Come on, you guys got the river here. Let's pull out a fish and coins. Come on. And bullion. Yes, come on. Don't you dare. <clears throat> is that all right for me to start like that? Don't you dare prescribe to God what he is capable and incapable of doing in the area of financial provision. It is not to the glory of God to be as poor as possible because then you can't give anything away to bless others. God loves the poor. He sends us, he says, but we're meant to be the ones that go and sow and love and give and clothe and feed. Come on. You can't do that if you've got nothing. And we can't bring that mentality even into the building of the house of the Lord. The Lord says, I am not in lack. So don't look through a lens of your natural perception and define me as a God of lack. I'm a God of abundance. I'm not provision. It's just money, yeah. And God spoke on money more than he spoke on prayer because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And some of us spend so much money on our own pleasures and desires and, and our, our own, um, what are those things, hobbies, that's the word, thank you, Father, and equipment and things that we want, nothing to buy a new car or a new boat or whatever, but let's not put too much into a building. It's not the building. It's going to house a move of God that's going to transform where your treasure is that's where your heart is where your treasure is that's where your heart is and by the spirit of God I'm asking you to invest your treasure so that we can build this thing for the glory of God it's not a building it is an act of obedience through a word of faith you had it before I prophesied it nine years ago God is in this I didn't know you and God is saying now's the time I want you in it in the next two years. And here's where I want to just spend the last little bit, then we'll close. Are we good? The Lord's instructing me right now to not move off where we were for a moment. So I need to obey. It's shown me that for some in this room, what we just talked about in the last few minutes is a make or break issue. And the Lord says, I want it to make you, not break you. I want you to, I want it to make you, not break you. When I said I'm almost finished, that's a little bit longer. So come and grab a seat for a few more moments. And then I said, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. But that was my bad when I said a few more minutes. That was like a prophetic few more minutes, Lily. That was glorious. Come on, come on, come on. Praise God. This is what the Lord just used this moment for. So thank you, Lily, for your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm talking about... In a few moments, Lily's like, responds, bang, she's up there. The Lord said, I've already just said, I'm about to put, do a move. He's waiting for our response to be, bang, let's move and let's get up there. 
That's what God wants to show us even in that little moment. See, God's, God's masterful in the way he does stuff. Let's move. Let's move. So I, I, I just pray that you do not overlay your natural thoughts. Huh, now I'm seeing the connection. You know how I started and said, what did I say? I, I, near the beginning, God showed me that God is about to redefine your normal. How Jesus preached, how Jesus lived, what Jesus did is normal. He's saying, this is part of redefining the normal. That Father is a God who can provide. Okay, now I know why God wants us to sit for a moment. We're in a time in the body of Christ where God is reclaiming, redefining. It's not redefining as in a new definition. It's reclaiming what God actually means by words. Where we got stuck in the body of Christ, and this is a word that's going to set some of you free right now if you will listen, is the difference between the words provision and stewardship. Some of us have taken on the role of being the provider for our family. If that's you, you put yourself under pressure because you're not called to be the provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. But I'm working hard. Yeah, but he gives you he gives you job. He gives you breath. He gives you life. He gives you gifts. He gives you skills. He's the provider. How many people have ever been supernaturally, just by the grace of God, you know you've been promoted here or there. But why? Because God's your provider. God provides... We take care of what he provides. This is something that, this is the way we've lived. And and, uh, I've been doing this full time for over 16 years traveling. And and God said to us before we started, I want you to go wherever I tell you to go. Say whatever I tell you to say, regardless of size, location, or finances. That was his instruction to me. I have not once Spend any time thinking about, I go to some places, they don't give anything. I, uh, some places give some, it's, it's, people ask me, how much do you charge for this? I don't do any of that. I, I know what God's called me to do. I get on. I'll just give my best. You, you do what you feel Father's called you to do and, and give and so. But it's not carelessness by me. I've got an unshakable conviction. I'm not my provider for my family. That's not biblical. God is my provider. We are to steward what he provides. In the very beginning, he set up the pattern. God created the beautiful garden. He didn't say, man, you create the garden. I create it. Now, I put you in it. Take care of it. Look after it. I actually am the one. And I want us to encourage us. Let's take this into this. God is our provider. Let's steward what he gives. Knowing that stewardship is not not stepping out in in areas of faith. We've got to have the wisdom of God. Let me just let me just tie this all together. And this will be the few minutes before the few minutes when Lily then can get up again. Here's the word of the Lord. Go after it. Go after it. Go after it. This is burning in my heart. Ash, this is burning in my heart. It has been for a while. Again, God wants to break the mentality in the body of Christ. Well, if God wants to bless me, he can bless me. No, go after it. If God wants to heal me, well, he can heal. No, go after it. If God wants to provide, God can provide. No, go after it. If God wants to do something supernatural, he can do something supernatural. No, go after it. 
The woman with the issue of blood did not sit at home and say, well, if God wants to do it, no, I am going to go where I'm not allowed to go. I'm unclean and I'm going to push through people that I'm not meant to be in contact with because if I can just touch the hem of his garment and everyone's crowding around him and pressing in and Jesus says, someone touch me and say, everyone's touching. No power left me. Someone drew, took a withdrawal and they didn't do it from home. Watching online, they came and they came and they pressed through and they laid hold and took hold. Come on, blind Bartimaeus, I'm blind, I need my sight. Son of David, have mercy. The disciples, be quiet. He's already finished his meetings. He's busy. Be quiet. I will not be quiet. I need my miracle. I'm going after it. Shush, shush, shush. Some of you in church, people get a bit radical. Be quiet, be quiet. No, go after it. Don't bring people down to your place of complacency. Stir them on. Go after it. With the new building, go after it. I see steps of faith. Steps means an act act of movement of putting one leg in front of the other. I read that and I thought, that's what we need to hear today. Steps of faith means, I don't have all that. I can't get all that. No, the act of movement of one leg in front of the other. Come on. If I ask you all to stand up right now and put one leg, I can do that. You might not be able to run a marathon right now, but I can put one leg in front. That's what a step of faith is. Put one leg in front of the other and then repeat. It's like breathing. Repeat. Once is not enough. And God says, steps of faith. And I see relentless faith. Relentless is an unceasingly intense, like me, an unceasingly intense But God says, that's what I want in the body of Christ. And with this new building, I want steps of faith, the act of movement of putting one leg in front of the other. And I see relentless faith and unceasingly intense. I will not be quiet. I will not be silent. I will not back down. I will not be dictated to by the natural and the the things that are working against the kingdom of God. We need to take authority of the spiritual realm against opposition to what God has prophesied into being. You do not fight counsel, don't you dare, but you fight in the spirit realm against anything that is trying to put a blockage up to the move of God. Because the enemy doesn't see a building, he sees a move of God and he is scared to death. He doesn't want you advancing the kingdom. And God says, I need you to be unceasing. And I see audacious tenacity, audacious showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. But in God, it's not risks, it's steps of faith. Come on, stepping out of the boat, there's a little bit of a risk. Has anyone ever tried to walk on water? Me too. (laughs) How'd it go? Yeah, yeah, me too. Tried on the swimming pool. I said, I, I, if Peter can do it, I honestly, I can do this. I had, I meant, I can do this. I can. <laughs> but here's the difference between me trying to walk on water in my swimming pool and Peter. Jesus said, come. Here's the difference between your building here and someone else's building. God has said, build it. Do not wait for another word from God. You got it. Woohoo! Okay, one passage of Scripture, and then I'm going to head towards my final minutes before the few minutes, before the eventual possibility of a 
pre-flight conclusion. All right, Mark chapter 2. Oh, come on, I hear that. I feel the anointing. I feel it. That's in any event, any event. Anyone join? This is what I feel in my spirit right now. This is not about a building. This is not about a building. This is not about a building. This is, oh, we must make a rap out of that, couldn't we? Uh, this is, no, no. This is not about a building. It's about a supernatural God being seen and glorified. This is what it's about. And God wants us to take it. Mark 2. Woohoo! 1 to 12. Can I just brief for a moment? Is it right? What's for lunch? Praise God. I could preach on that, but I'll move on. Mark 2, 1 to 12. Are you ready? A few days later. <clears throat> you might know this story, but I want you to step into it in context with all that we're talking about. Just go after it, go after it, go after it. What we just talked about. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. That's not the part that God's taking me to in context, but it's what he highlighted to me and said, this is a declaration of your future. You won't have enough room even outside. Come on. If you can do it there, why can't you do it here? I felt the Lord say, How much, what are you believing for? Come on, what are you believing for? The God of the Bible is your God and my God and River Edge's God. Come on, same God. Horsham's God. Come on, brother. Take it back, take it back, take it back. Some men came. I, I want us to get this. Come on, step into it, step into it, step into it. Bringing to him... A paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Sometimes the miracle requires other people to, come on, get on board, carry you to Jesus. Word of the Lord to someone in this room is, who is God been prompting you to help someone else step towards their miracle? Are you just after your miracle? Are you willing to intercede and step towards and encourage someone else towards their miracle even while you're waiting for yours? I had the privilege, some of you guys know that um, my vision's bad. I can't drive anymore. I've only got about 55% vision and um, it's deteriorating or whatever that silly word is and it's going downhill. And, um, and so I'm believing for a miracle in my eyes and, and, and that's, that's all cool. But... We're at Newman Church. Revival's breaking out the most amazing. We've seen literally hundreds and hundreds of miracles, multiple cancers, deaf ears, blind eyes, and God is breaking out just in the most crazy way. We're having multiple revival meetings every week. It's it's phenomenal. And a lady came to me on the prayer line uh, only the week before last, and she came up, 
and uh, she's a lady a little bit older than me, and she said, I'm an artist, and she says, I'm losing my sight, and I need my sight for um, painting. And I said, well, then you've come to the right place, because I need mine so I can believe for you, for yours, and I can celebrate yours. And I laid my hands on her, and I prayed for a vision to be restored. She was wearing glasses and couldn't, and without the glasses, couldn't see. She ended up, uh, she went down a couple times, got her back up, pray for her again, pray for her again, pray for her again. I, I persisted in that. And by the time we finished, she could read what was on the screen without the glasses, exactly the same as with the glasses. Here's my point. I'm waiting for mine, but man, I'm celebrating that. We don't know how sick these guys were, what these guys' thing is in their, in their world, but they go, we got to get this man to Jesus now. Who in your world do you need to get to Jesus? Hmm. Some men came, carrying, bringing a paralyzed man, carried by four of them, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. I, I need you to get this. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it. And then they lowered the mat the man was lying on down. Um, let's not sanitize this. This man needed a miracle. And so they went to the meeting where Jesus was. It was so full there wasn't even room outside. So what we do? Well, maybe we'll, we'll go home. Maybe we'll come back tomorrow night. This is all relating to this building. You come up against a roadblock, don't go home. Don't drop your shovel and your spade and go home. Find another way. But not in the natural, in the spiritual. So they went up on the roof and they ripped a person's house apart. We need our miracle. We need our miracle. Ten lepers shouldn't have been around people. Woman with the issue of blood shouldn't have been around people. Blind Bartimaeus, be quiet. Come on. This man, come back tomorrow for goodness sake. Don't wreck someone's house. No, we need it now. We're going after it now. The word of the Lord is go after this now. Go after this now. They dug a hole, but not a peephole so they can see Jesus. Jesus can. Hello. No, 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 no. Big enough to lower a man down, which itself is scary. But then I suppose he's got nothing to lose because he's already parallel. So if they drop them, it doesn't matter. Have you thought about that? He could have landed on his head, for goodness sake. Slip off the thing. Don't make it sanitized. They ripped a hole in the roof and they lowered him down. Maybe he was praying, Jesus, help me on the... <laughs> and when Jesus saw, everyone says saw, saw, their faith, he said to the parallel, we have reduced faith down to what we confess. I believe, no, faith can be seen. I believe God can build this building. Great. I believe it when I see it. No, I'm talking according to Scripture. When we see it, Jesus go, great, I can see your faith now. They 
broke a hole in the roof, lowered them down. That, 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 that Jesus didn't hear them calling now, I believe, I believe, I believe. And he goes, I hear your faith, you are healed. He saw it. When they broke through, ripped open the roof and lowered a man down. I want to declare to you, if you've got, how many people have faith for this new building and this move of God? The Lord says, I want to see it. Build it. They saw, he saw their faith. Now it's important. He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Hang on. I thought we were just talking about physical healing here. This is important. We're almost done. This is important. Sons, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? His whole time is, and then which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say to him, get up, take up your mat and walk but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home, get on your bike. Come on, brother. He got up, he took his mat, he walked out in full view of them all. And they were so amazed and they praised God. We've never seen anything like this before. I want you to get this. This is not about the building as it wasn't primarily about the man's physical healing, it's always about sins being forgiven and eternal life. He came for one thing and Jesus kept on pointing him back. This is about sins being forgiven. Oh, and by the way, you're healed. Come on. This is not about a building. This is about a move of God. And by the way, build the thing so I can do what I said I'm going to do. I will use it like I use the ark. It ain't the thing but I'm going to use it for my glory. Never lose sight of people getting saved when you build a building. Never lose sight of people getting healed when you build a building. Are you hearing me? Some, some of you, this is the balance right now that you need from what I said. Never lose sight of the fact that God wants to set people free when you build the building. It's not about the building. The building is a vehicle through which God moves. It ain't the destination, but God will use it as a signpost. For the glory of God. So band, please come back up. We'll have the whole group, the whole, the whole, the whole lot of years. Praise God. Musicians and Adrian, that's great. great. Thank you. Oh, I know. <clears throat> I could say something about that, but praise the Lord. It's beautiful, Lily. Thank you. It's time to take more kingdom territory. It's time for more people to be saved. More people to be healed. For dreams to be restored. And your new building is part of this.
Because the Lord says it's enlarging your footprint and creating room. And I have a sense of urgency in my heart. A sense of urgency. And we're going to pray. Even just while Lily's playing, just like that. Uh, I want everyone in this room will just take a moment to close your eyes. I want this to be you and God moment. I want us just to pray for a few moments as we close into, into what God has purposed to do. I want to read three questions while you've got your eyes closed, you and God right now. I want to state them and I want you to pause and listen and see what God says. Leave the lights on, leave the lights on. That'd be great. Right now in this room. Here's the first question. Father, what do you want me to bring to this new season? When I say new season, I'm talking about building the building that God has prophesied and declared. That's going to facilitate a move of God because it's an act of obedience to faith. Not the building. It's the act of obedience to faith. The Lord says, I want you to ask, Father, what do you want me to bring to this new season? I I feel like the Lord is saying every one of us have something to bring to this next two years to see this become a reality. Maybe you've got skills in a certain way or you've got time that you can help here or there. What does Father want you to bring? What does Father want you to bring? How do they rebuild the wall in Nehemiah? Everyone. 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 The body is one member with every joint fitly. Every member jointly fit together, supplying everything that the body needs. Father, what do you want me to bring to this new season? Number two, which is really an elaboration of that, is Father, how do you want me to be involved in seeing this new building become a reality? Every one of you right now. Father, how do you want me involved to see this new building become a reality? And number three, Father, what do you want me to give into this kingdom project? Two years' time, this church is going to look different. The move of God's going to happen. Ten years' time, Mildred is going to look different. As you take ground, enlarge your footprint. But what do you bring? How will you be involved? What will you give? So, Father, I pray that you'll speak to people right now. I want you to take a moment right now in this moment to sit and ask Father those questions and let Him speak to you right now in this holy moment.
Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. I wonder if you'd stand to your feet right now with me. In the same way that, in the same way that this is a physical shifting of location in response to God, I, I feel the Lord say we close this meeting by a physical shift in our location in response to God. If you've heard the word of the Lord and you know that God is speaking, that now is the time and you can see by faith you'll be in this new building in two years' time and that you're saying, I want to be part of this because it's going to be a move of God. I want you to right now get out of your seat and come and flood down the front and come on, let's stand together as a church. Even if you're not sure, but you're saying you're not in opposition to it, come and come and join, come and let faith do it. And don't come timidly, push to the front, push to the front, push to the front, push to the front. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's good, that's good, brother. That's good. This us you didn't rip through the roof. Praise God, praise God. Thank you, Paul. This is what I want you to do. I want you to come and I want you to push through to the front. And then I want you to lift your hands to heaven. I want you to join together. And we're going to pray in the spirit right now. I don't mean in tongues, I mean in the spirit. I want to leave that and I want you to stretch out your faith because there is some opposition. There is some opposition. There is some natural opposition. But God is greater than natural opposition. Can I hear an amen? Let's not allow the natural to determine the spiritual. The problem to determine the advancement in the kingdom. So come on, church. I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray along with me. I'm going to pray, and then Pastor Stephen's going to pray as a, as a leader here, and we're going to seal this, and we're going to declare it, and we're going to claim it in the spirit realm. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of what we do not see. Listen, listen, listen. Listen for one moment. Listen to me before I go on. Faith is the evidence. I want you to get this. Watch this. Faith is the evidence of what we don't see. Yet when there is movement towards the supernatural, like those four men, Jesus said, I see your faith. Faith can be seen and faith is, can be seen in believing what is unseen to become into our reality. I know there's a little confusion, but some of you got it. Faith is the evidence of what we don't see, but the action of faith is seen as we go to lay hold of what we don't see. Does it make sense? And God is calling us to be people of faith. So let's pray together. Stephen and Kylie, come up here with us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come in faith and agreement and we thank you, God, that you have a plan, that you have a purpose. Lord God, in the plan and the purpose, Lord, was never an ark but it was the salvation of the righteous people. Oh God, for your eternal plan to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, your plan is not the building, but God, you will use it 
because we are obeying through faith in what you have prophetically declared and you've downloaded to our precious pastors. And so God, we come into agreement right now on this day in November 22. That Lord, within two years, we will be in our new building. And God, we right now, we come into agreement that the move of God will even start now, God, as we start to take a step of faith. I hear the Lord say that the move doesn't have to happen when it's completed, but when we commence, come on. When we commence, come on, come on, come on. The move of God happens when we commence before it's completed. And so God, woo, we take authority over every natural obstacle. Father, every spirit of fear. Lord God, every contradiction that says you can't, you can't, you can't. We declare, God, you've, you have birthed this thing. And so, God, make a way where there seems to be no way. God, we ask for every permit to be granted in Jesus' name. God, we ask for ample car park space, Lord. God, and let us build the fullness of what you intended, not a measure, because we have a lack of faith. And I feel by the Spirit of God that the Lord would say unto you, build what I said, not a watered-down version of what I said. The Lord says, increase your faith. Do not decrease the building. Some of you need to hear that right now. Increase your faith. Don't decrease the building. Got it? Father, we want you to be glorified. And you're glorified when we can't, but you can. And we let you do what you do best. The Lord says to you right now, remember, I created everything from nothing. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm your provider. This is the time, says the Lord, to arise and build, arise and build, arise and build. I wonder if you are in on this, your heart isn't on this. I wonder if you'll pray this prayer out loud, full of faith after me. Father in heaven, we thank you that you love people so much that you sent your son. And through him, your desire is that every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You are the God of the impossible. You're the God of the miraculous. You're the God of the supernatural. And we believe you are who you say you are. And we believe that we are who you say we are. And we can do all that you've called us to do. And so today I say yes. To being a part of seeing this building come to pass. Right now, Spirit of God, touch your people. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Not by mind, not by power, but by my spirit. Father, we declare it, we declare it, we declare it, we declare it. We claim the victory right now in advance. Thanks for joining today. 
If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.